Welcome to day 360 of Shaped by the Word, Season 2, The Drama of Scripture. Uh, we have been uh, reading together for a year, uh, starting with uh, you know, God's good creation uh, and, of course, our rebellion against God and how that has thrown the whole world upside down, uh, that uh, the world around us is experiencing the effects of sin. We experience the effects of sin, but God would not allow our sin to... Uh, be the period at the end of the sense of our life. He pursued us through his covenant with Abraham, which he enlarged on you know, with his covenant of David. And we've received the one who is the blessing of the nations and who will reign on God's throne after God's heart. And so we uh, come to the end of the story. And uh, in these final chapters, it just gets richer and richer and richer. And uh, so we you know, cry along with uh, you know, the end of the book, John, even so, come Lord Jesus as we think about it. Uh, Paul Camp here with Cindy mm-hmm. Camp and David Keefe and Matt Kresge. Uh, David, why don't you lead us in a word of prayer before we read uh, Revelation chapter 20. Let's pray. Father, we always thank you for you know, a few moments where we can look at your scriptures. And we ask now as we turn to your word that your living and active word would be at work in us. Give us eyes to see and to behold beauty of not just scripture but of Christ which all of scripture is pointing to yes that now you would build us up that you would encourage us convict us more than anything let us um, see and behold and marvel at the wonder of what you are doing through your son it's all in his name Revelation chapter 20 And I saw an angel coming down out of heaven, having the key to the abyss and holding in his hand a great chain. He seized the dragon, the ancient serpent, who is the devil or Satan, and he bound him for a thousand years. He threw him into the abyss and locked and sealed it over him to keep him from deceiving the nations anymore until the thousand years were ended. After that, he must be set free for a short time. I saw thrones in which were seated those who had been given authority to judge. I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of their testimony about Jesus and because of the word of God. They had not worshipped the beast or its image and had not received its mark on their foreheads or their hands. They came to life and reigned with Christ a thousand years. The rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were ended. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy are those who share in the first resurrection. The second death has no power over them. but They will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with him for a thousand years. A thousand years are over. Satan will be released from his prison and will go out to deceive the nations and the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, and to gather them for battle. In number, they are like the sands on the seashores. They marched across the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of God's people, the city that he loves. The fire came down from heaven and devoured them, and the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of burning sulfur where the beast and the false prophet had been thrown. They'll be tormented day and night forever. Then I saw a great white throne, and him who was seated on it. The earth and the heavens fled from his presence, and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and the books were opened. Another book was opened, which was the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done, as recorded in the books. The sea gave up the dead that were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them. And each person was judged according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. Anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. 
well, this is the most controversial passage <laughs> in, in all of Revelation. We have that nice little phrase, the thousand years, and we yeah. talked to you earlier that there are several you know, views of when this thousand years you know, occurs. Uh, there's the premillennial you know, view, uh, which uh, views Christ as coming back and then reigning physically on earth you know, for a thousand years. There's the amillennial view, which is a thousand years is representative of the present, you know, the present age or the age between Christ coming and his second coming. It's not a literal thousand years, but it's a uh, emblematic period of a long time in which the saints will be suffered and you know sustained, you know, by God. And of course, a lot of people you know, ask questions. Well, it doesn't feel like you know Satan's been, you know, been restricted. But you remember that when Jesus came, he announced uh, that the reason that he was able to cast out demons is because he had bound the strong man. Uh, mm-hmm. And and so in the in the life and death of Jesus, you, you do see, you know, uh, it, at least a foreshadowing of the binding of Satan, if not the ultimate, you know, binding of Satan. So uh, both of those views, you know, have a lot of validity. You know, Matt and I often, um, you know, um, often joke we have a, a good friend who is taught through uh, Revelation and has written two commentaries on the Book of Revelation. And uh, the first time he <clears throat> taught through. The book of Revelation, he was all millennial, but by the time he finished teaching, he, he reverted to premillennial. Then he wrote his commentary on Revelation. He was convinced to go back to all millennial. And, and so it's hard for us to know, you know, exactly how these images you know, need to be recorded. Uh, you know, my uh, my dad has always said he was a panmillennialist. He was just sure it was all going to pan out at the end. So we weren't really worried about it, and that's kind of a good place, you know, kind of a good place, you know, to be, you know, as as a part of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other than that, uh, you see, you know, the great white throne judgment yeah. when uh, the dead will be raised to be judged. And in both instances, both believers mm-hmm. and uh, unbelievers will be judged by uh, their deeds. And, and there's Quite a, quite a difference between the deeds of those who don't know Christ and the deeds of those who do know Christ. The deeds of those who do not know Christ are born of the flesh. So even their very best works are as filthy rags. Mm-hmm. That their great moments are tainted by sin, tainted by the fall, you know, tainted by you know selfish, idolatrous you know motives. Uh, but the deeds of those you know who are, are born of the Spirit are born themselves of the Spirit. So our deeds are not, in a very real sense, are not things that we have done on behalf of God, but things that God has produced in us for His glory. And, and we caught that when you know we you know, read you know uh, Ephesians, you know, for it's by grace you've been saved, you know, through faith, and it's not from yourself; it's a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For you were created in Christ Jesus mm-hmm. to do good works, which He prepared in advance, so that you might walk in them. And uh, so we're actually judged in every instance by Christ's works, mm-hmm. his works in obedience to the law on our behalf, his works in dying a vicarious death on our behalf. And, and of course, even the deeds we do are produced by him for his glory in us. Mm-hmm. So if the, uh, the strong man is, is bound, uh, amillennial, amillennial, wherever you want to go mm-hmm. with it, <laughs> and his house is, is being plundered, you know, people are graciously being taking out the domain of darkness into the kingdom of light. You know, they even speak to some of those people who haven't graciously plundered. Their testimony about Christ has, has led to their martyrdom and has led to their death. And, and, and I can't even imagine the difficulty of that that they've gone through, yet you see the kind of wonderful honor they get um, to mm-hmm. be with Christ, you know, at the end as it's speaking about here. And so 
this passage always does remind me as well that people have suffered immensely for the testimony of Christ, and and yet Christ sees them and honors it and has a deep heart affection. Yeah, it, it is so hard to imagine. I you know you, I guess you could imagine yourself in the church in Ukraine right now as you're you know in, under great opposition and you know in fear of your life and you know it and, and it's just so far from the comfort in which we worship. I, mm-hmm. You know, honestly, there's culture wars going on all around us that we need to be deeply aware of and deeply engaged in. Uh, but we need to approach those in the power of God's grace, not in you know. I, a few vitriolic tweets back and forth or Facebook posts, you know, kind of, kind of things. But yeah, you, you can imagine, you know, how this book communicates to a church that's being persecuted, which was the context in which it is written. For those of you being persecuted, experiencing great opposition, here is, uh, here is first of all, uh, a reminder that the persecution will persist and even uh, intensify until the very end of the age. You know, Paul said that in the latter days, things will go from bad to worse. People being deceived and deceiving in one another. So you see a lot of that in the book of Revelation. But also you see God's ability to hold his people uh, and to preserve them. Paul said, I, I know who I believed in and persuaded he's able to hold everything that I've entrusted to him against that day. And you see a lot of the preservation work of God you know, in his people you know, taking place in us. That's one of the encouraging things, even though, I mean, about this chapter, there's much to to talk, to talk about, debate about, you right. know, to even just kind of fascinate over, like, what is this? Mm-hmm. And yet at the end of all this, you know, we, mm-hmm. we talked about this when we read Revelation 1, but, you know, John says, I've written these things, you know, so that you may be blessed. Blessed are those who hear and, to, you know, and do. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's one of the things that uh, you get when you get to Revelation 20 is the, man, what an encouragement that... However, this all you know kind of pans out in the end. <laughs> you, you get God in victory and triumph over over Satan, and and yeah, through intense persecution. I love the note that this chapter ends on. Mm-hmm. You know, anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire, not because people are thrown into, it, but because of the opposite of what is you know true. That we've already encountered this book of of life earlier in Revelation, Revelation three, yeah. when he says, "I will never blot out those names that are written in the mm-hmm. book of life." Well, and, and also it's not only, you know, not only we've, we've seen Babylon fall, which is the world system. Uh, we've seen uh, Satan and the false prophet, you know, who's performed works. And of course, you know, Jesus predicted that, that in the latter days, uh, many prophets would come with false works deceiving, even maybe if possible, even the elect that, you know, that Jesus says. And so that, that, that certainly happened. We've seen them thrown into the fire. And we've also seen death and Hades mm-hmm. thrown into the fire. Mm-hmm. You know, the final victory is won. There is no fear of death. There is no, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the curses, as we'll read, has is, is, is been removed. And you know, God's people get to enjoy God, you know, forever, which mm-hmm. is you know, kind of the mm-hmm. end of the story, which is a good end of the story. Mm-hmm. God has uh, proven righteous in both his judgment he, he judges justly and rightly and in his salvation he has rich in mercy to those who are his own mm-hmm. Cindy do you mind closing us with a word of prayer no I don't mind Father um, like we've talked about earlier a lot of this um, in some ways goes over our heads Lord and, and there are many who have ideas about this but when it's all said and done, Lord, it is it is um, your ways that are not our ways and your thoughts that are above our thoughts that will reign and rule. 
And so again, we, we take great comfort in your sovereignty, in your plan that was formed um, before the beginning of time. And we again acknowledge, Lord, that um, we can trust in you um, and that we can know that uh, all this works together for good for those who love you and are called according to your purposes. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.